one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Today, 60 workers embarrass their boss in front of the CEO. But first, if you want to sit around, you can do it from home. This isn't my tale, but one of a friend of mine, Craig. This took place about 10 years ago. He worked for an IT company, maintaining the mainframe and other technical needs throughout the building, along with electrical safety checks. He was always a bit OCD, and this helped him by being on top of things that were needing sorted. He had custom spreadsheets documenting the last 10 years of repairs on everything he was responsible for. This sheet, by the 5 year mark, had already given him a fairly good idea of what items were likely to fail, either due to updates or physical parts failing due to the 24 hour running of the system. There was a period of a week where he was ahead and decided to get ahead of his upcoming repairs checking the items and replacing what needed done. Two weeks later, he was sitting in his office when the VP arrived and, on the rounds, she noticed that all three times she passed, he was sitting idle in his office. Outraged that he was being paid for doing nothing, she had his boss pull him up. The boss says, VP noticed you haven't done much today and pulled your work log for the last few weeks. 
You've only logged four jobs in two weeks. Craig says, I've been ahead for the last couple of weeks, just knocking off jobs before they came up to make time for the bigger jobs that are about to come up next week. They said, well, you're paid to work, not sit about. If you want to sit about, do it at home. Craig, shugging internally, says, well, I've got some holiday time to still take. If you give me a week to organize and take care of the large jobs, I'll take time off. The boss says, deal. Off you go. Enjoy your holiday. Craig says, but what about work next week? The boss says, no buts. You're on holiday effective immediately. I'll clear it with HR. Now off you go. Cue malicious compliance. Craig decided to not try and reiterate just how much work was due next week and went on holiday for two weeks, turning his work phone off. In that two weeks, due to a lack of warning, the tech from another center that usually covered wasn't available. At the same time, there were safety issues, software updates, and other minor issues that were expected, not to mention the dozens of unexpected issues that came up. When Monday after his holiday came up, he turned on his phone to find 20 plus texts. His phone inbox was full of voicemails, and he had dozens of emails from panicking management. He got into work and was set upon. Where have you been? We needed you. XYZ all failed while you were gone and we didn't have cover. Craig smiled and reminded the boss about the conversation two weeks prior and also had a coworker that overheard the entire thing back him up. After that, not even a single manager dared to question his slow week. Not even the VP. Challenge accepted? Challenge won. Honestly, I think this is one of the downsides of doing your job so well that nothing even pops up to the point where they think you're even doing anything. You and the work you do almost become transparent and they think you're just doing nothing. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, don't touch anything that isn't on the schedule? Okay. A little bit of context. I work in a manufacturing plant for a multinational company producing microchips. I'm the shift lead engineer on night shift for the front end of the week, Sunday to Wednesday, so there's very little oversight from management, except when I see them in the morning on my way out the door. The machines we work on are huge, think Greyhound bus size, and require fairly strategic planning to get the most we can out of them. In recent months, the day shift team has been slacking on their scheduled maintenance items, Normally, this isn't a big deal, since we're understaffed, just like just about every other company in America right now, and we pick up the slack where we can on night shift. The machines run 24 hours a day, so if you have to pass work to the incoming shift, it isn't an issue, and everyone tends to help out everyone. The problem comes in when day shift, or the other end of the week, move scheduled maintenance off of their shift, but don't move it in our scheduled work calendar. When the machines reach their critical threshold, they shut themselves down until the work is performed. This is normally at midnight on days I'm working. Well, as it happens, this has been occurring more and more over the past few weeks, and I've been letting my senior manager know that that's why they've been seeing an availability drop on our not-from-lack-of-effort. He's a newer senior manager, so I try to explain the critical thresholds to him and how we need to keep the calendar accurate so we don't have any surprises by machines shutting themselves down unexpectedly. He didn't really seem to want to listen to this and brushed me off, telling me, if it isn't on the calendar, don't work on that machine. Cue malicious compliance. On Sunday night when I get into work, the schedule is completely empty. Not uncommon for weekends, 
but wouldn't you know it, three maintenance items had been moved from the back end of the week and were never rescheduled. So at midnight, three machines shut themselves down for maintenance. But I've been told if it isn't on the calendar, I can't touch those machines. I walk up to the production floor and tell all my technicians that we won't be working on any of those machines as they aren't scheduled for us to complete. And per the area senior manager, we don't touch anything unless it's on the calendar. They've been getting more and more frustrated recently with this, so their eyes light up as I tell them that we won't be completing any of the work. Then comes Monday morning. I tell the incoming shift and my direct manager about the machines and they have a good laugh about the situation. It's only roughly two hours of work per machine, so I didn't completely screw over any day shift. And then I run into my senior manager on my way out of the door and casually let him know that we have three machines that have been down for six hours and need to be added to the schedule so somebody can start working on them. His eyes just about pop out of his head and he says, how could you let three machines sit down for half of the night and not even start on them? Were there other machines down that stopped you from getting to them? And I responded with, nope. You just told me if it isn't on the calendar, don't touch it. His face went beet red and I saw the vein on his temple start throbbing, but he knew I was right. Since then, the calendar has been pretty dang accurate, and if I see a tool going critical, he's now informed me that I'm allowed to work on it to keep the product flowing. All I know is, this is the kind of thing where you demand they send you an email getting that wording in English. Because God forbid somebody throws you under the bus and makes it your fault for why things aren't getting done, you need to have that email that says that was your orders. Our next story is, no, I don't need to go over it again. This happened probably 12 years ago when video rental stores still roamed the earth. I worked in one such store that also sold phones and wireless plans, so all the customer service workers were also salespeople. So one day in the late morning, I answer our phone and it's our other branch across town calling to say that they had a customer who wanted to buy a plan and brand new iPhone. But after getting the plan set up, they realized they didn't have the correct model or color the guy wanted. We had that phone, so they said that they would send him down. Easy commission for me. Awesome. The guy shows up. I already have the phone put aside. I open up the plan that was created for him but never put through and discover it's a monthly plan with no data, very few minutes, and no long distance. Basically the cheapest plan you can get other than pay as you go, but it's for a freaking iPhone. I say, okay sir, I have the plan pulled up here, let's just make sure everything's correct and I'll print the contract. It says, they say it's fine, the other guy already did it. I say, alright, I just want to check because... They say, just do it. I don't need to go over everything again, dang it. I already drove across town for this. Alright, you don't want to go over it and would rather give me attitude. Print, sign, pay, enjoy your thousand dollar doorstop. One hour later, the guy comes storming in. My phone doesn't work. What seems to be the problem with it? They say, I can't use the internet. I say the plan you chose did not include data. They said who would get a plan with no data on a smartphone? I said that's the plan you signed up for. He ended up storming out while yelling after I told him that he'd have to call into the service desk to cancel the plan. You don't have to read the fine print, but at least be sure of the terms you're agreeing to. You should totally read the fine print on a phone plan contract, they've gotten so much worse since then. 
The best contracts are the ones you sign, where after 6 months, 12 months, and other intervals beyond that, you keep falling out of promotional periods. All of a sudden, you're spending $40, $50, $60 more per month every single month, it seems like. Our next story is, don't want to be asked for anything more? Okay, no problem. So a few years ago, I worked as an administrator at a finance company. It was my job to create documents and ensure everything was secure and legit, especially as in the case I'm about to describe, when we're purchasing from a private seller. Not an established storefront, could even be a guy off Kijiji. So one day I'm asked to email a new private seller about something our client is purchasing from him. I sent my standard email, noting all the things we need from this private seller. Let's call him Bob. Bob called me shortly after receiving the email and was super slimy on the phone. He was being flirty and kept saying he wanted to meet for coffee and discuss me working for them instead. After one standard email, I got a bad feeling about this guy. Like he was trying to get away with something. So I made a mental note to really watch what he sent in. Over the course of the next few days, he sent in everything except what I asked for. He was getting ruder every time we spoke and emailed and was calling our client, telling them how we were the worst company he could have chosen to deal with. He said he has the right to not supply the info we're looking for, and of course that's true, but that cancels the sale which he didn't want. So one morning he finally sends me the document I was waiting for. Within his email to me, Bob made it very clear that we were ridiculous and that this is the last thing he's providing us, so don't even bother asking. I opened it up and it was clearly fraudulent. Anyone in my office would have said the same thing and there's no way we were going to accept it. After discussing with my sales guy, I responded to the email and said, Hi Bob, thank you for sending this over. However, as it's been clearly edited in a fraudulent way, we cannot accept it. You mentioned in your email that we shouldn't ask for anything else, so I won't. We've spoken to our mutual client and have agreed to cancel this transaction and won't be speaking with you further. Have a great day. He ended up calling both our mutual client and the sales guy in a panic, wanting to backtrack and get the sale done and would provide what we need. Obviously, we blacklisted this guy and never did business with him again. This guy was just using scare tactics, wasn't even impressive, all things considered it was a pretty normal bullying scare tactic type scam. This next story is, meeting counts as lunch break? Alrighty then. So we have this big company wide meeting every year where the CEO comes in and discusses profit margins, raises, plans for the future, etc. It lasts about an hour, sometimes more. Meanwhile, our work gets backed up while we're stuck sitting in this meeting and we always end up working overtime. Well, this year, the boss in our department says that the meeting counts as our lunch break. I give my coworker the look. We glance around. Seems everyone is in silent agreement. We all show up to the meeting with our lunch boxes and proceed to casually eat lunch at the corporate meeting. All 60 of us from our department. The CEO stops his spiel after a few minutes. Our supervisor claims ignorance. I speak up and say that the boss said this counts as our lunch. And I'm not skipping my lunch. The boss tries to deny having said that. The CEO asks who can verify this and everyone raises their hand. Guess who got an official reprimand from the CEO himself? One more of those and the boss is out the door. 
Imagine having the confidence of having said that to 60 of your workers and then try to deny it in front of all of their faces. Dude honestly shouldn't have even been reprimanded, that is just an awful boss that should have been fired out of a cannon. That said, our final story of the day is, we can't move the trash can? Fine, it'll stay where it is. When we started going back to the office during the last few months of COVID, people were very careful about touching commonly touched objects, such as stair rails and door handles, mostly because they were cautious about germs, but also kind of scared of getting COVID that way. The men's bathroom trash can was placed next to a wall between the sinks and the door. This way, you would throw out your wet paper towel and then go over to the door and leave. This meant that you had to use your bare hands to open the door. Someone, never knew who, got the idea of moving the trash can right next to the door so you could open it with the paper towel still in your hand and then throw it out as you leave. This was great because you no longer had to open the door with your bare hands and people felt safer that way. The only problem was that it was a bit in the way. You had to move an inch or two to the left to not walk into it, which wasn't a problem because the door and the hallway were pretty wide anyway. The office safety people found out about this after a few weeks, moved it back, and put up a sign asking not to move the trash can because it blocked the door. Cue the malicious compliance. Nobody moved it back to the door, but people were still not willing to open the door with their bare hands. So they continued using the paper towels to open the door and threw them across the hallway into the trash can as they walked out. Most people were good at landing the towels in the trash can, but some were not. It wasn't long before the paper towels started piling up around the trash can. It never got too bad, but it looked messy and dirty. Naturally, it took very little time before people started complaining about it. The office safety people ended up buying a smaller trash can that was attached to the wall right next to the door. To this day, most people use the paper towels to open the door, and the bathroom is no longer messy. So, everyone won. 100% any modern bathroom should have some kind of design where you can get out of it without having to touch the bare handle. Whether that's having a push door, whether that's having a bathroom that's designed with no door, or having one of those like step and pull foot openers, I would just about rather open the door with the paper towel anyways and find another trash can somewhere else, rather than try to have to deal with just touching the bare handle. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video over on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.